Please turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to be looking at verses 26 through 30 for our text this morning, please. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine till that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. This, my friends, is the greatest Thanksgiving feast that's ever been. I suggest that we all put the cross in the middle of our Thanksgiving table this coming Thursday. There's no better reason to be thankful than what Jesus did on the cross, that he died for you. When you're carving the turkey, remember that Jesus has carved your sins on the cross of Calvary. By the way, it cost that turkey a lot to be on your table as well. I want to talk about this morning the death of Jesus. I've never embraced such a subject on a festive season like Thanksgiving. But it's really been on my heart that we see the benefits of the blessings of the death of Jesus Christ. Actually, we could have no blessings had it not been for the death of Jesus Christ. It meant a lot to Jesus. He's setting up, rather transforming, the Passover feast, which was held in ancient, the ancient people of God to celebrate their release from bondage from Egypt. And he's transforming that into the Lord's Supper. The Passover is just a relic. The Lord's Supper is an ordinance of God's church. And God has given us that, that we can remember that he died. Why he died, what that ratified by his rising again. I don't know about you, and I guess I probably do. I, I, even this morning, have you ever felt the, the feeling of exhilaration in your heart when, when God blessed you to feel forgiven as you confessed a sin? I'm going to tell you I felt that this morning just before daylight. And you know why I felt that? Not because I confessed my sin. I felt that because Jesus died on the cross. What a blessing to know that Jesus died for us. We may not know, we cannot tell 
the pain he had to bear. But we know it was for us. He hung and suffered there. You know, a few days ago, my daughter Jennifer gave one of her kidneys to a lady she hardly knew. She did not do that for me to talk about her today. She would probably be embarrassed, a place you'd forgive me. Actually, I tried to talk her out of it. But she did it. And you can be sure that Shelley Roberts, the donor, the donor recipient, did not know the pain Jennifer went through and is going through now. But she knew that she was doing it for her. May the Lord bless us to see what the cross really means and the death of Jesus Christ in our lives. It's under the theme, I still want to try to deal with burdens, blessings, and breakthroughs. The burden was that Jesus Christ, the burden is our sins. Psalm 38, 4 said that our sins are a burden. The blessings of Jesus is doing his Father's will. That's what he came to do. Jesus came to die. That was the very theme of his ministry. There's a lot of people that followed him for his miracles and his lows, but when he went to the cross, they ran away. But he says, I've got to die, and he did it voluntarily so that he could bless us, and he can't bless us because he removed our sins, and the wages of sin is death. And Jesus Christ took that death that we deserved and he died it for us. Now death is not normal. Death is an awful intrusion on humanity because of the sins that were committed and the promise of God that when we do we shall surely die going way back to Adam. But if a breakthrough is salvation, then it has to be from the death of Jesus. For when he died, the, the Bible says that, that it got so dark and, and the earthquakes and people were coming out of the graves and, and the veil was rent in twain. There was a breakthrough. And the breakthrough was that Jesus Christ was giving us the access to God as a reconciled people. Sinners saved by grace. I tell you, I'm convinced that we don't talk about the cross enough, not the death of Christ. Right here, he's, he's doing this the night before he died in our text. And he, he, before that, he washes his disciples' feet. My title for this message is Breakthrough Passion. Jesus' death was his passion. What is your passion? Whatever you find is your passion in life, it, it kind of takes a lot of your life away. It is, it is where you get your unction. It is how you plan your life. Jesus Christ's passion was his death. Because that's what he knew that, that it would take 
to be able to bless us and to have us where he is. Again, I don't know why my daughter gave her kidney to someone. I don't. Maybe I'm too selfish to even think about it myself. I don't know. Probably am. But I can tell you one thing. I believe she loves God. And I believe she has a passion because Jesus said that he laid down his life for us, that we might lay down our lives for one another. So let's look at breakthrough passion. What Jesus was doing here was just quoting, or not really quoting, but really saying the same thing that Moses said in Exodus 24.8 about the Passover. He says about this, Moses did and sprinkle the blood. You see, it always takes blood to ratify a covenant. God has made a covenant with you and me, his people, by the blood of Christ. And the death of Christ took blood. First of all, I want us to say the reason for this passion breakthrough. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 12, for just a moment, please. Here's the words of our Lord again. In verse 23 of John 12, the Bible says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Hear him? Time to glorify Jesus. Well, how is that? He's going to do a miracle. He's going he's to make you feel good. He's going he's gonna to heal somebody. No, he's going to die. That's what he's going to do. Because he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except that corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. You see, the reason Jesus died is to bring us to God. It's to forgive us of our sin. But notice in verse 23, the hour has come, he says, that the Son of Man should be glorified. He doesn't say the Son of God. You know why? Because God cannot die. God did not die on the cross. Jesus, the humanity, the Son of Man died. Now, Jesus didn't have to do that, but he did it. He left his glory to come to earth to die for you and me. And he's going to be glorified. So if death of Jesus glorifies him, don't you think it ought to glorify us? I tell you, it ought to be the center of our thoughts every day. I guarantee you one thing, when we, when we are tempted to sin in our lives, when you think, if you can get around the grace of thinking about Jesus' death, it'll keep you from a lot of that stuff. One thing we can know is that Jesus died for us. That's what I want you to know. That's the reason. He died. He did it for you. John 10, verse 11. Listen. I am the good shepherd. I, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. 
Verse 15 of John 10, As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now the fact is, Jesus did not die for everybody. Sounds real good and cool. But it's not anything in God's word that validates that. Well, I thought the Bible says that all the, uh, that he came to save the world. Jesus has a people in every nation, kindred, and tongue. Not only the Jews. Every race, every color, every creed. But Jesus Christ came to save the people that God gave him before the foundation of the world. Are you one of those? Did Jesus die for you? Do you trust him as your Lord and Savior? Then he died for you. Now we're living in a world of religion that's kind of letting social justice sleep, seep in the pulpits of American churches. And this watered down gospel about God just being somebody who wants to help you. I'm going to give you a gospel that can help you. Help your marriage. Help you raise your children. Help you feel good. What we need to understand is what we need is the true gospel, and that gospel is that Jesus died for our sins. And a gospel that glorifies God is a gospel that promotes the death of Jesus Christ for his people. If I'm going to get up here and make you feel good, then I'm not able to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is in our world today, everybody wants everybody to feel good. I don't want to tell you if you sin. I want to make you feel good. I want to tell you this, if you have a child and that child is sick, are you going to say, well, hey, let's go get some toys. I tell you what, if you're sick, you tell your child, Let's, we're just going to go to Disney World next week. No, if you love that child, you're going to go to the doctor and you're going to say, I'm going to get some help for you. And I'm going to tell you, when sin gets around us, we're going to need the only remedy, and that's Jesus, because he died for our sins. You know, uh, the death of Jesus shatters our self-esteem. But I'm going to tell you, friends, until you can get to the point that you understand that you have no righteousness of your own, that you have absolutely nothing to bring to God's table, until you can see your wretchedness and you can see that you're a sinner and that you can see there's no hope for you unless Jesus does it, then, my friends, you'll not understand the blessing of what it needs, means to be thankful now you can sit around your table with your friends and count your money and count your blessings and count everybody that likes you if you want to and your good health, but I'm going to tell you, if you don't understand that Jesus died for your sins, it's going to be frivolous and fleeting and it won't last any longer than the leftovers. Jesus died for our sins. Died for your sins. He died our death because we deserved it. Do you know where we'd be if it wasn't for Jesus dying on the cross? We'd be in hell or we'd be heading there. There would be no hope for anybody. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, or anybody in between. 
What glorifies God is a doctrine that sells on this fact that Jesus died for his people. That God chose a people before the foundation of the world. And that that is a particular amount of group of folks. It's not the world in universal. And God is not waiting there trying to wait for you and me to make a decision. The thing is, we ought to be so, so grateful, so thankful that Jesus died for us, we ought to slough off everything that hinders us and, the, and the, the small talk of the devil that tries to prevent us from really taking up our cross and following him as we are. Jesus died. He's telling his disciples the night before he died, eat my body, drink my blood. Now, he's not talking about the literal part of it. It's a representation of it. He's dramatizing his death. See, the death meant something to Jesus. His death meant something to him. Because that's the ultimate thing he came to do is to die. And when he says it is finished, it is the completeness of a work that he's come to do. And even though humanly speaking, we might say, well, you know, he was at the prime of his life. He had all his life ahead of him and he died. That's how not Jesus did not look at his death like that. He looked at it as a completion of a mission that God has given him. And he completed it. Because he lived a sinless life as a human form, though God, and he went to the cross and he gave his body a sacrifice, his life for us. He shed his blood. And he satisfied the penalty that God required for our sins. And because of that, you're not going to hell, you're going to heaven. And you'll live with God and live forever. But it's not because you're a member of some church or that you read the Bible through a hundred times or that you've given to the Salvation Army. It's because Jesus died on the cross for you. And then secondly, I think about this, not only for the reason that we have it so clear that Jesus came to die for us. That's what he came to do. He said that corn of wheat, it had to die. That seed won't come up if you don't plant it. A farmer's seed won't have a crop. They had to be in the ground. They don't do much in the bag. It brings forth fruit. Jesus is the first fruit. 1 Corinthians 11, look at that with me. My second point is remember. Talking about the breakthrough passion. This is Jesus' passion, his death. How we know that? He says, you remember it. Remember what? Again, not, not his miracles. He says, you remember my death. You know, what, what really goes to, to make any merit in life is, is a sacrifice a person makes. You think about Jesus. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24, and we had given thanks, he break it. Same deal. Thanksgiving feast, the Lord's Supper. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Jesus says, you remember my death. I'm going to tell you this, we sang a song, I love to sing and I know you do too, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I want to tell you something else. Because he died, we can face yesterday. See, it's the yesterdays that hang around our lives sometimes. That's what redemption does. It clears all that up. 
Jesus died. And we need to embrace that as knowing that all of our sins are forgiven. And what's it going to do? It's going to cause us to have such joy. You're talking about a breakthrough? And after the same manner, in verse 25, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So we see, first of all, when we see the reason for Christ's death, it's because that Christ's death glorified him. We see that in John 12. He was using the corn of wheat analogy. And if our one purpose is to glorify God, and that is our one purpose as believers, then we need to understand the death of Christ. Jesus was never more glorified than when he was hanging on the cross. And you'll never be more glorified than when you're serving God and just giving all and you're dying to yourself. And you're not so bent on your feelings. People now are so sensitive about getting their feelings hurt. About some wrong that somebody done to them years ago. Then I need, I need to be repaid for it. We need to really sit down under the cross. If you're going to be thankful, the reason we have so much bitterness harbored up in our hearts sometimes is we're not really under that cross. We're not really thankful that Jesus died. We don't really see that as, as a merit that he's given us. I'll tell you, it should help us remind this. Jesus died. That was his passion. It should really teach us how horrible sin is. Sin is devastating. And we can try to water it down if you want to. Sin hurts God's people. Grieves their heart. Last Sunday afternoon, my granddaughter, Emery Grace, went out to the chicken pen to check the eggs. That rooster was kind of aggressive, had been, and Emery just said he'd been frustrated. But that last Sunday afternoon, he attacked her. Stuck his spur, one of his spurs in her thigh. That rooster made a big mistake. He's not in that pen anymore. I got a little pond down there in my place. We walk around and try to pray sometime. Me and Penny looks at the trees. Every now and then we'll catch a brim. We got some beavers that started eating our deck. I bought a trap the other day. I don't know if I can set it. I didn't want to try it yesterday because I might have to be in the hospital today. So I wanted to preach. My point in telling you these little frivolous things is that, that those kind of things have intruded upon things that are very precious to me. And if you can live your life around people that you really love and sin kind of crops up in this life, in this world, and we just kind of make a, a small thing of it. I'll tell you what, that's why we're getting into our world is such a chaotic mess. The cross of Jesus Christ, the death of Christ is so powerful. It's not just a badge. It's not a little necklace that you wear. It is the very compass of your life. Or it ought to be to direct everything you do. It shows us how, how horrible sin is. It shows us also how God loves us. That was only the only begotten Son of God hanging on that cross for you and me. God loves us so much. 
And he loves us when we were yet sinners, Romans 5 says. He doesn't wait till we get good enough. He loves us. He takes the initiative to do something about it. That's passion. I mean, if God has gotten into your heart in any way, you ought to be like the Apostle Paul. Lord, what would thou have me to do? We need to make God's passion our passion. Amen. And I'll tell you something else that reminds us that salvation has to be free. Jesus died on the cross. I mean, how could we, how could we top that? What could we do? Nothing. Right. Okay, lastly, and I'll kind of hurry. First, the reason for Christ's death. What I'm trying to say is this feast, and I know we're not doing communion today, we ought to. We do it twice a year. But we ought to remember it every day. It's about Jesus' death. That's the reason we got to be thankful. That's the reason we have hope of seeing our loved ones again. Because he conquered death by his death. That was the death of death. What a great blessing that is. And to remember that. And then thirdly, the relationship. See, if Jesus had not died, he'd have been alone with God in heaven. Do you know that? How far-fetched it is to think about a shepherd without sheep. The head of a church without a body. Turn with me quickly to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, us. That's his church, his people, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now here's where you and I can rejoice. See, if you think about this feast, these people went out singing. The ancient people of God, when they, when they did their, their song, the song of Moses, the song of Mary, the announcement of the birth of Christ, they were rejoicing because they were trusting and believing God and His deliverance. It wasn't about their feelings. It was about the expression of thanking God. And even in the Paschal uh, Lamb uh, that was instituted in Exodus 12, we see that, that a in order for the firstborn to be spared, a lamb had to be taken, a perfect lamb without blemish. And that lamb had to be killed. And not only that, that blood had to be applied, sprinkled on the doorpost. And then and only then was where, where, where the death angel pass over. That paschal lamb is Jesus. Behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. That is a relationship that God has established with you and God that you, my friends, cannot do yourself. But then after that, in Exodus 12, they had a feast. That is a Thanksgiving dinner if I've ever heard of one. And they went out in the strength of that. So this Thanksgiving, may we be able to sit down at the table, wherever we are, with few or many, and you think about the cross, 
Make that the center of your thoughts, oh God. Help us to, to remember that you died. To remember why you died. To remember the relationship that you meant it to be for us. The praise and the glory. The community that God established. Redeemed community by his death. How we need to sing and rejoice. You know, I added that verse 30 in the closing. They all sang a hymn and went out. And we always sang, blessed be the tithe. That's kind of tradition. Well, according to many Bible commentators, the song that the ancient people of God sang after they did the Passover was the Psalms, Division 113 through 118. Many commentators say that the song that, the, that was sung was Psalm 118. And I just want to say a few verses. It's amazing that that song says in the first, first verse, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. And that song has 30 or 29 verses, the last one, the same thing. I give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And that's what the death of Christ explains, signifies his death. May the Lord bless us to understand that death and God help us in our misunderstanding. To give us a great passion in our lives. To have the same mirror and direction of you and that you did for us on the cross. What I'm trying to say is, there's a breakthrough. Salvation. The veil was rent in twain. What a blessing to know the light of God's love is in your heart. It comes through his death. What a blessing. What a reason to say thank you, God, for blessing me so. Would you bow with me? Dear most precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for dying for us. We don't understand why you did it. But we do understand that if you hadn't, we would not be here today. And if we were, we would be in such agony. But Lord, because you died, your breakthrough gives us hope. No matter what we face in life, we can face all of our trials. And none of us in this room know what we're going to face, not even this afternoon or tomorrow. But because you died, we can face it. We can do this. No wonder you say all things are possible with God. And that with Christ or through you, Lord, we can do all things. We can. Oh, God, bless us. Sit very close to the cross. And it will help us, Lord, when we're at the crossroads of life. It will give us peace rather than a crossness with others. Thank you for your love, your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.